0: Hello and welcome to Lost in Sci-Fi and Fantasy. I'm your host, Leo, and today we are diving in to the classic film, Gojira, or Godzilla. Um, Or, as the American version is called, Godzilla King of Monsters. So, why are we talking about this? Well, there's actually a new Godzilla movie coming out. And I decided I want to talk about it and... I just so happened to also want to talk about the original Godzilla around the same time. So I've decided that we're going to make it a bit of a Godzilla month. Now I was racking my brain for a good while as to, you know, what Godzilla movies to watch. There's so many. I and mean, obviously, you got to start with the first one, of course. But then I was trying to figure out, okay, but what do I do for the others? And luckily, Someone kind of came along and gave me an answer. And that someone is the director of the new Godzilla movie. (laughs) Um, Because what they did is before the release of Godzilla Minus One in Japan, like a month or so beforehand. Because it released uh, this month in Japan a few days ago. And so for us, though, we have to wait until December 1st, which is fine. I am looking forward to the film very much, but I have to wait a little bit. In the meantime, though, we will kind of follow the similar journey as the director gave certain audiences. The director started with, of course, the classic restored version of Gojira for Godzilla 1954. Then proceeded with Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Continued with giant monsters all out attack. And then concluded, they had a special version of it, I don't, of Shin Godzilla. So the version of Shin Godzilla that they watched in, around the time, was, it says orthochromatic, but it, it's a black and white version of Shin Godzilla. I don't have a black and white version, so I'm just going to go with the, the one I have. <laughs> um, And then we will conclude on December 4th with Godzilla minus 1. Very exciting. <laughs> but yeah, my original plan was I was going to go for the ones where it's primarily Godzilla solo. The um what I what I want to call the serious reboots. But a massive wrench was thrown into that plan in that it is very difficult to get Godzilla 1984. It is very, very difficult. It's even difficult to watch like a ripped version of it. Because the only versions on like YouTube that are available to watch are the Americanized versions of the film. Because I also learned that when bringing over the new Godzilla, the 80s Godzilla, to America, they decided to follow not just a similar route of... Trying to Americanize it, but almost the exact same route. They got the same actor and everything to pretty much do the same thing for the 80s Godzilla. I found that very funny. But otherwise, if I want to get the brand, like a brand new Blu-ray copy of Godzilla 1984, the original Japanese version, I have to shell out $174 on Amazon. Uh, and I'm sorry, but no. <laughs> I am not doing that. That is way too expensive. And otherwise, it sucks, but yeah. Like, I don't have much in the way of flexibility there. Uh, Like, I might look at some places that might have it, but... So far, the only one I'm going to be able to get... Because my collection's near complete. I'm missing one movie from the heisei era i believe it is uh, and that is versus biollante uh and then of course i'm also missing uh re- the return of godzilla and then i'm missing quite a few from the showa era i'm missing Ebra, i'm missing um the first mecha godzilla because for some reason the collection i have decided you don't need mecha godzilla but we'll give you terror of Mecha Godzilla, the like direct sequel. <laughs> it it's it's weird. But yeah, so my original plan was the serious uh versions of Godzilla. So it was gonna be, as today's episode is, Godzilla or Gojira. Then it was going to be Return of Godzilla. Then it was going to be Shin Godzilla. And then I was probably going to do the American... Well, I probably would have done it the American 2014 Godzilla and then Shin Godzilla. And those would be like my serious Godzillas where... I mean, technically technically the 2014 Godzilla doesn't fully count because Godzilla does fight monsters in it. But still. the The idea was relatively sound. For the most part, it was either that or I'd have to go for the, like, 98 Godzilla, which, no. The funny thing is, I even, like, looked up. I I googled, you know, what, what are the movies where Godzilla does not fight a monster? And the first thing that came up gave me a list of, like, three movies where he fights monsters. And then... And then Shin Godzilla. And I'm like, that... That's not right, though. Those ones, no, that's wrong. But instead I decided, hey, if the director's willing to give a list of movies to watch before, then we'll follow that list, right? Uh, I mean, from what I've heard, Ghidorah doesn't show up or anything, but, hey, maybe it's just the director's favorite Godzilla movies. I don't know. But anywho, let us uh, get into my my, my personal history with Godzilla. Uh, I am a big fan currently of godzilla it it like again most things that you know classic things that i've developed a bit of an interest in i just got really curious one day and eventually i ended up getting i believe for either my birthday or christmas or something like that i got a pack of godzilla movies it's the one that's very incomplete uh but it it's called the godzilla collection and it has, like, a a viewport, like a, a ship's viewport and Godzilla in it. And it's very green. <laughs> but, yeah, I got that and I, I started watching. It. And I started kind of making a small tradition out of it that I haven't really been keeping up with, uh, to be honest. <laughs> but where I would eat, like, the Scooby-Doo graham crackers and I would, or eat oatmeal raisin cookies or some kind of cookie and watch Godzilla. Um, and it, it was just something that relaxed me. The movies are very interesting. They're kind of slow at times, depending on the movie you watch, but I, I find them very interesting and very fun. So much so that I was able to weasel three college papers out of Godzilla, at least. I was able to do one for my Intro to Archaeology class, or my, sorry, Intro to Anthropology, my Intro to Cultural Anthropology class, that's the one, my Japanese History class, and a Theater class. It was like an Introduction to Film class that I took. So, I was able to write three whole-ass papers on Godzilla uh, through my college career, at least. I might have done one more, but I don't think think i did the cultural anthropology paper i just compared the 2014 godzilla to the original godzilla and that i I wrote many pages of notes on before writing the final paper like just solely on on original recipe godzilla (laughs) in a way you could say that those papers on godzilla were kind of the the seeding for this podcast in a way and in fact uh, one of the beta episodes for this podcast was on Godzilla. Uh, I, I I tried to do like a full thing on it, but it, it just didn't feel quite right. Uh, then on the film one, I believe it was just a full-on review of the original Godzilla. And then the history, the Japanese history paper, which it was very hard to like convince the teacher to let me do do it on Godzilla, because he said, well, it has to be something that relates to the history of Japan. And I was like, yeah, that's fair enough. And I was able to work it out. Basically, what I was talking about in the paper was I was comparing the motivations, like the kind of inspirations behind the films together, the situations that revolved around the creations of the film. Uh, In Godzilla's case, it is the dropping of the atom bomb and the creations of the hydrogen bomb. While with Shin Godzilla, it was more revolving around the nuclear disaster and the lack of preparedness and lack of willingness to do something about what was going on. So, yeah, it was... It was fun, interesting papers that I wrote about Godzilla. (laughs) Because it was a a big interest of, like, my life for a good chunk of time. And you'd think that with that big interest, I would have collected all the movies by now. But I haven't. I've been keeping a pretty damn close eye on, like, uh, on the new legendary Godzilla movies. So, there's that. (laughs) Uh, I even went to see King of Monsters in, in theaters. King of Monsters of the three uh mainline Godzilla movies from Legendary uh that are out, King of Monsters is probably my favorite one because it does the most cool Godzilla-y stuff in it. While Godzilla vs. King Kong has very weak human side to things and kinda of the same with uh, um twenty fourteen Godzilla. It's kind of weaker on the human side, and also they they decided to use an original monster that just kind of fell fell a bit flat. But anyway, <laughs> we'll probably talk about those down the line at some point. When probably actually when the new the new Legendary Godzilla movie comes out, uh, Godzilla X Kong or Kong X Godzilla, whatever it's called, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> It's coming out eventually, hopefully when the, the actors' strike gets resolved, then they'll probably be able to actually get the actors in to do the human portion of the film. But with all that said, let us actually start diving into the actual film of Godzilla 1954. So, the film opens with a fishing vessel, at least I believe it's a fishing vessel, it's very hard to follow some of the plot at the beginning. It's 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 not the hardest thing to follow, but the very intro of the movie into like the first about 20 minutes, it's kind of a breakneck pace going from set piece to set piece as you're following them from the incidents to the kind of unfolding of the situation. So, we we're on this, I believe, fishing vessel and it gets attacked. Then we cut to the uh the like kind of base because the the ship as it was going down was able to send out a distress signal um and the the base sends out another ship to try and see what happened. Uh immediately upon reaching the the disaster area, the new ship also goes down. So They send out two more ships and a helicopter, but we don't really hear from them. It's a local fishing vessel that picks up three survivors from the downed ship. They're on their way back to the island. I believe it's Odo Island. They're on their way back to the island when that ship also gets attacked, though we don't see it. Then... We cut to the islanders as they are kind of watching the ocean to see if anything washes up. And one guy does. While they're going about, uh, they kind of learn that you know some fish, fishing vessels come in, or fishermen come in, and they've caught nothing. So it is determined that, or one guy says that it's probably Godzilla. Which is the island's uh, local legend, kind of a deity that they would kind of have to appease in order to make sure that the fish kept coming. The whole thing that they had was that if the fish was gone, like they, they weren't getting any or they were getting very little fish for an extended period of time. It was likely that Godzilla was eating the fish, so they would perform a exercising ritual in order to appease Godzilla, and they would also um, send out a sacrifice to to um, get Godzilla off their back. But, yeah. <laughs> the sacrifice part of the ritual is gone, but they do perform the main kind of exercising dance portion of the ritual. Then, I believe, at least it's kind of led leads you to believe that that night the island itself is attacked by godzilla though there's some debate on whether or not it was like a typhoon but you know but all the eyewitnesses come in and say no it was probably godzilla like a big beast so a paleontologist that they uh get to comment or testify on behalf of this matter states that he he feels like he should have he shouldn't be testifying yet. he should you know go and investigate the uh, disaster site first, then get back to them. So he proposes that they build an emergency research team and go investigate. They do. Uh, from this point on, I will call the paleontologist guy the professor because that's kind of what everyone kind of calls him. Um, he has a daughter named Emiko, she has a boyfriend uh named named Ogata. Um and then she, she has technically a fiance as well, Dr. Sarazawa. So that those are kind of the main cast that we do end up following around. Um though the professor, Emiko and Ogata they go to the island as part of the research team, along with some like radiologists and whatnot that go, go around and check for radiation and everything. So, they go through. They find a massive footprint. Uh, they also find a trilobite and a... Uh, well, a lot of radiation. <laughs> then suddenly, uh, Godzilla makes an appearance. So they all go... They get a snapshot of Godzilla, and then they see that he walked back into the ocean. He the professor immediately gives his report as to what is likely happening, and he gives his explanation as to what might have caused this situation. He believes that Godzilla is is indeed a creature from way back when, around the Jurassic period-ish like Jurassic Cretaceous period ish and he believes that what happened is that the constant testing of hydrogen bombs has disturbed Godzilla and he has been shifted out of his environment and is now he's, he's displaced and is now causing issues uh, but he still decides to go with the Islanders you know naming convention for him and you know just call him Godzilla So, uh, when asked why he believes that it's the hydrogen bomb testing, he gives his explanation of the fact that the trilobite exists, uh, like it should be long dead. Um, kind of gives an idea of where around Godzilla was. And the sand found at the site also dates back to there. And it's highly radioactive. So it's very likely. From the hydrogen. (laughs) So. From there. They set up a. Kind of emergency defense force situation. Or a. a Defense council kind of thing. To help organize stuff. And during this time we're kind of seeing that. More and more ships are sinking. uh, And a lot of. Well, destruction is happening. <laughs> then, uh, Godzilla is sighted outside of the... Like, off the coast of a boat. Or off the side of a boat. Just kind of there. Uh, right, and I also forgot that around this time, the like defense coalition thing that's formed are going around just chucking depth charges out into the... <laughs> Out into the ocean to see if they can kill him. Uh, The professor gets very upset because he feels that they shouldn't be trying to kill Godzilla. They should be trying to study Godzilla. Uh, His reasoning for this is kind of shown later. Because Godzilla has a natural, very intense immunity to radiation. So he feels that if they were to be able to study him, they would be able to develop some... like radiation-resistant something or other. Because he's obviously been shell-shocked a bit by, you know, the whole dropping of two nuclear bombs on Japan. And he kind of feels that Godzilla is their one opportunity to find some kind of defense against nuclear weapons. Uh, Also, meanwhile, uh, a reporter is told to go talk to doctor sarazawa because he might have some kind of way to maybe defeat godzilla the reporter goes to emiko because technically she is his fiance and she agrees to take him there and wants to use the opportunity to tell doctor sarazawa that their engagement's not going to happen because she's with with him so, or with, um, with Ogata. So, they go. Sarazawa refuses, says, Nah, I don't know anything of what you're talking about. I've got nothing. My research is, you know, inconsequential to anything that you're thinking about. The reporter leaves, and then he pretty much tells Emiko, You want to see some shit? And takes her downstairs to show her, just what he's been working on. Uh, we get her reaction to it, but we don't learn actually what happens until later. Um, but, in the meantime, they an attack happens. I think the attack happens before Sarah's Hour. I'm trying to remember some of the order of things, and it gets a little bit jumbled. I, I literally just watched the film, but it does get a little bit jumbled as to ...when exactly things happen. Either the... ...the smaller attack happens... ...and then she goes to meet Sarah Zauer. I I think that's how it goes. And then... ...afterwards... ...afterwards... um, ...is the big attack. Now... ...the defense people... ...set up a... ...after this smaller attack happens... It kind of becomes world news and everything because, you know, a giant monster attacked Japan. <laughs> so a bunch of researchers come into Japan, and Japan proposes that what they're going to do is just kind of build build a giant f- electrical fence and see if that kills Godzilla. Uh, the professor gets even sadder because he's annoyed that they just are doggedly wanting to kill Godzilla and not study him. But then the big attack happens where Godzilla just kind of walks through the fence uh, super easily and then goes on a rampage. Now the thing that's a little bit confusing about this this scene and kind of the following bit is technically that entire area should have been evacuated because that was kind of a big part of the the building of the fence was that the immediate area of where the fence was being built had to be evacuated. And pretty much a 1,000 or so feet from, I think they were like 1,600 feet from each of the pylons had to be evacuated. So some of the stuff that you see is a little bit inconsistent, but it's fine. Anywho, it gets so bad that the... Defense Force is literally called off uh, from attacking because they're doing nothing to Godzilla and they just have to move on and try to rescue as many people as they can. And it is it is a very big, powerful scene. It is like the big, powerful scene of the movie, um, followed by the aftermath, the, the following of all the injuries and just how bad a lot of the situation really is not just from the attack itself but what's going to happen afterwards as a result of the radiation that Godzilla produced uh along with the fact that you know Godzilla was using a breath weapon that they just didn't know he had <laughs> um so the sight of all of the destruction causes Emiko to break She was told by Sarah Zawin not to tell anyone what she had seen, but she decides to tell. She tells Ogata what she saw. And it is then explained, well, again, what she saw. She saw that he has created this little ball that when you put it in water and do something, it literally destroys all of the oxygen within the water. And she asks him why he created something like this. And he replies, it's for the sake of science. He studied oxygen, everything to do with it completely. And he came across a power source. Like, it, the potential of it as a power source. And, but, um, it, it wasn't exactly how he thought it would go. It ended up being extremely destructive. And when he saw what he had done, he wasn't able to eat for several days um, and he he has a massive worry that what that the governments are going to just take what he's made and turn it fully into a weapon and use it as a weapon. So his whole idea is to hide his discovery for as long as possible to try and devise a beneficial use for the device. And at that moment, he would then reveal it to the world. But he, he, he doesn't know exactly how to make it good. Well, Oda and Emiko visit him and say hey we well oda says hey i have a favor could you let me use the oxygen destroyer and he's like oxygen destroyer what do you mean oxygen destroyer i have no clue what you're talking about and sarah's sarah ogana is like just drop the pretense he's like what pretense then amiko says, hey, like, I I already told him everything, I'm sorry. And he's like, if you truly know what, like, she told you everything, if she truly said that, then you know I can't. And then he runs, locks himself in, in his lab, but then they're able to easily get in. it's It's a weird thing. But they go... He's trying to like destroy all of his stuff. There's a scuffle. Ogata gets injured. They they bandage him up and Sarazawa is like Come on, please understand. And he's like, I do I get it, but still we're it's probably our only chance. But the thing that truly gets Sarazawa on side is at that moment a news report showing the destruction and how some of the people are dealing with it. And one of the things is a bunch of school children, specifically I guess school girls, coming together in like a gymnasium or auditorium and singing a prayer to try and move past this. Finally, Ogata relinquishes and says, fine, you guys win. And he starts burning his notes. Because he stated that the governments, regardless... Like, he could burn his notes and whatnot, but he would still, you know, as long as he survives, the governments could probably try to, you know, coerce him into making another. So he burns his notes and makes a bigger version of the device. Even though it seems a bit redundant, he stated that one of the tiny little balls that he dropped in a fish tank for the demonstration for Emiko, uh, he he stated that that one of those could uh, completely wipe out Tokyo Bay. Uh... (laughs) Of of fish, and whatnot. So, why he made a bigger one, I don't fully know. Maybe, maybe like specifically in in the ball is just a small ball. I don't know. But anywho, he makes the device. He he hides it. Uh, it's called the oxygen destroyer and whatnot. It's very cool sounding, very sci fi. But yeah, he takes it. And he he's like, hey, could you get me a, a a diving suit? And Ogata's like, dude, you you are not a certified diver. No. He's like, it needs to be opened underwater for it to fully work. So I, I need to go down to be able to activate the device. So Ogata's like, fine, but I'm going with you. was like, no. He's like, and Ogata's like, no, I'm I'm going. So like you're not certified dude so i'll go down there and guide you listen to everything i say we'll be good and sarazawa's like fine so they get suited up they go down and they find godzilla sarazawa starts activating the device and God is set back up to up top uh, sarazawa stays down and continues watching to make sure that godzilla Actually dies he reports to them up top that it's working. he wishes um, Ogada and Emiko you know happiness going forward uh, and then he cuts his line he cuts his oxygen and tether and sacrifices himself to ensure that the secrets of the oxygen destroyer die with him the film. Wraps up, and it's the end. <laughs> so, overall, I really do enjoy this film. It is a it's a classic. Uh, it can be a little bit slow at parts and a little bit silly in others because, like, there's obvious like obvious at times where Godzilla is like a hand puppet. It's very fun, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's classic. It's just so good. It it was very interesting because it's like japan's solution to you know to not doing stop motion to have like smoother movements in comparison to stop motion it's like just chuck a guy in a suit bam <laughs> it's so cool but besides it just being cool it does tell a very powerful story throughout um i will admit when i was first watching it when i was younger uh a lot of it just kind of flew over my head and the beginning when you're not paying super close attention and you're younger uh can fly over your head quite fast because you're just jumping from person to person to person to where the narrative doesn't feel super connected at points like in in the the way that a lot of characters are just kind of somehow thrown together can be a bit awkward Like, I'm pretty sure that the boy from the island who who was like there with uh, what's just like hanging out with an old guy. um, I believe his parents die on the island uh, when Godzilla attacks the island and like the building gets crushed. When he goes with the islanders to kind of provide a report of what happened to the island that instigates, you know, a research team getting sent out. Um, I guess he just stays in Tokyo um, and ends up being pseudo-taken in by the professor, uh, Emiko, and Ogata, I guess. It's a very weird situation that just kind of happens in the background and is not really mentioned at all. (laughs) It just kind of happens. Um, Yeah, then there's also a reporter that just kind of hangs out a bit. You don't learn much about a lot of the side characters. the The main ones that you kind of learn about are, you know, the the main three, and there's a big, deep backstory that is almost not explored at all. Um, the tri- love triangle between Sarazawa, Emiko, and Ogata that is very lightly touched on. It is something that if you're not, if you just like tune out during the human portions. You don't see, you don't notice a whole lot, the the love triangle that's there, um, and the kind of deep story that probably happened at some point, that you just don't, you don't see. Uh, but yeah, uh, otherwise, um, the American version, I think we do need to talk about a bit, uh, Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, the 1956 film. So they decided to, as they call it, Americanize it by putting an American lead kind of front facing and kind of trying to stitch him awkwardly into scenes. A lot of times he's kind of in the background and there's a lot of untouched film, but it kind of adds a little bit too much to the complexity that's already kind of complex in Godzilla because now not only are you jumping between all these different characters at the beginning but now there's just a random american guy that's just now here too um and like i said they did the ex- they brought the exact same actor back to be the exact same character for the 80s godzilla as well it's silly then uh we also should probably talk about the direct sequel uh, the movie that came immediately after this Godzilla Raids Again. Which is the very first uh, Godzilla fights a monster film. Uh, in this case, it's a gigantic Ankylosaurus uh, named Angorus. Um Yeah. I was very surprised to learn that they immediately they almost immediately were like, now we go into giant monster fights. Let's go. <laughs> The second film is not directed by Ishiro Honda, though he does come back from then on to a certain point to direct films, which I think is nice. Um, but yeah the the nuance kind of almost immediately drops off a bit, I and mean, there's a whole question during the second film of like, what do we do now since Dr. Sarazawa, you know died and took his oxygen destroyer with him what do we do now that there is a second godzilla the answer uh was freeze him uh just chuck a bunch of ice on him and it it technically works it's silly (laughs) we'll again probably talk about it down the line down down the line (laughs) uh there was something else i wanted oh The overall legacy of the film, the mentions of like Dr. Sarazawa and whatnot, they kind of drop off a bit for a good while. But his work and whatnot is mentioned further down the line with specifically Godzilla vs. Destroyer, in which I think it's, I haven't watched the film, but I believe what it is is a person trying to recreate the Oxygen Destroyer ends up well creating a weird monster that you know starts off small and gets bigger until it's eventually kaiju sized and fights Godzilla. And I believe it's his fight with Destroyer. It's either his fight with Destroyer or his fight with space Godzilla. I can't remember. I'm sorry, oh, my my brain. I I really need to watch a lot of a lot more Godzilla movies. <laughs> but anywho, we'll go ahead and leave it there, I guess. Do I recommend this film? Absolutely, absolutely. I recommend almost any Godzilla film, save for I'm gonna say it's a really bad one. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Crap, because there's like three, there's three different ones that are like, you know, all monsters or whatever. Let me see. I have a list pulled up somewhere. It is... All Monsters Attack. Specifically just All Monsters Attack. There's another one further down... that's more recent, which is... Yeah. Godzilla Mothra and King Ghidorah. Giant Monsters All Out Attack. So... Yeah, (laughs) the All Monsters Attack is the one where they they just reused a bunch of Godzilla footage, and um, (laughs) it's really bad. Um, Yeah, I believe they reuse a lot of the footage from Destroy All Monsters, the movie previous to it, uh, along with, I guess, Son of Godzilla. Which is the I believe introduction of Manila. It's it's rough. Those movies, the the later Showa movies get rough, <laughs> rough, rough, rough. Um. But yeah, the I really want to watch like all of the Heisei series. The Heisei series sounds so interesting to me because it is the return of Godzilla, Godzilla versus Biollante. Um, then Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah, which is not the one we'll be watching. We'll be watching the Invasion of Astro Monster version, I think. No, Godzilla Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. That's the one. Um, let's see, and then, yeah, because then goes Space Godzilla, then Destroyer it's it's the uh issue with space godzilla that causes him to become burning godzilla uh and gives him the power to defeat uh destroyer and then it goes godzilla 2000 which is the what's the orange one the millennium series that's the series that uh toho spawned as a response to um <laughs> As a response to the first American Godzilla film, the um, the series that includes, I believe, in Final Wars, uh, Zilla, which is the the American Godzilla, uh, getting absolutely destroyed and killed in in Sydney, Australia. <laughs> he gets thrown into the Sydney Opera House, and then we have Shin Godzilla and Godzilla minus one. All good movies. <laughs> I highly recommend all of them. They are very good. Uh, and then there's the Hollywood ones. Oh yeah, it's called Godzilla X-Kong The New Empire. That's the... That's the one that's supposed to come out in April. I do not know if it will actually come out in April. <laughs> um, we'll see. I, I'm looking forward to it, for sure. Um... But that's not what we're building up to currently. I guess in April or something, we'll we'll do a couple of, maybe, what's the, March. In March, we'll go through the legendary movies. And we'll talk about, uh, I guess, Godzilla, Godzilla King of Monsters, uh, Kong Skull Island, Godzilla vs. Kong. And then we'll wrap it up with Godzilla X-Kong, The New Empire. So it'll be March into April, probably. But that's if it doesn't get delayed. We'll, we'll keep an ear out and see if, uh, see if anything ends up getting delayed in the meantime. But yeah, I think we are good. With that said, uh, thank you guys so much for watching, listening, whatever you're doing. Feel free to like, comment, subscribe if you're on YouTube, uh, and, or f- follow, rate, and review on whatever uh, podcast listening platform you are using. Uh, you feel free to check out the other stuff I'm doing. I just finished doing a bunch of Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two streams in which I I tried so hard to do the all of the haunting uh stuff and i didn't fully succeed but you know I, I i was able to accomplish most of the goals i wanted to so i'm i'm overall satisfied with with my progress there i will not be doing a multiplayer stream for a little while i might do one more near the end of november into december ish but otherwise no more multiplayer streams unless it's like with a friend or something, for at least the rest of November. Because I need to, one, focus on doing some single-player streams, and two, uh, it, it's been really bugging out whenever I've been doing, like, online stuff. And while the stream itself stays decently stable, the gameplay gets super choppy because, well, I'm, like, rubber banding everywhere, and it's just not a great time. So... Yeah. So single player stuff from here on, it'll probably be Mafia if I'm honest uh to start out and then we'll continue on as well with some Dark Souls because yeah, I need to I need to Dark Souls. <laughs> but anyway, with that said, we are just about done. So that once again, thank you guys so much for uh watching, listening or whatever you were doing, and I will talk to you guys next time when we talk about Ghidorah the three-headed monster thank you guys again goodbye